It's the Brian and Jan podcast. She is the lovely, dynamic, scintillating, conservative crusader, Jennifer Horn. And he's Brian. <laughs> whoa, 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 no, wait, no, I said, <laughs> wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You are the handsome, blue-eyed, lovable liberal, not, who's also pretty funny. I'm not handsome. And a great impressionist. I'm not funny. Well, not even lovable. I'm not going to push you. I mean, well, you hurt my feelings. Look, we all have to just learn how to take a compliment. Mm, okay, <laughs> I guess so. That's probably what Gerald Nadler sounds like this morning. Uh, well, today President when he Trump up, calls, called him a scumbag. Right. I mean, I mean, let, let me be honest. I mean, these people, <laughs> President Trump was asked when he got back from Davos. Davos. Of course, we're covering the impeachment trial underway. President Trump says, I might like to go down there and look in their corrupt face because I'm sure they'd love to look at his orange face. I would love to watch President Trump sit and stare down Adam Schiff while he's delivering his opening remarks. Might the president be a disruptive force who has to be removed? I think he would be a disruptive force, but I don't think he would have to say a word. Is it possible he's a disruptive force in the White House who has no. to be removed? Well, no. actually, you know what? 67 I'd say votes. yes, but oh, it six, all, seven it, votes. No, not no. 67 votes. I think he is a disruptive force in the country and in politics and in Congress, but in all the best ways. That's why uh, we voted for him. Uh, we is what? All of us Trump voters. You uh, know. The Trump folk. But not the Trump folk. The people that elected President Trump to the White House, which, by the way, real cute trick. You and your Democrats we got getting more... together, pushing towards a one-party system where they think they can decide who's the president. Uh-uh, pals. Sorry. Trump said America should have a president for life. He said that. Oh, okay. You're voting for Mayor Bloomberg, who was the mayor of New York for life. No, for three terms. Uh, yeah. All okay. Right. What does he and Vladimir Putin have in common? President Xi and Mayor Bloomberg. Okay. Uh, here's President Trump going <laughs> after with a descriptor that is fully Trumpified, an adjective, really, uh, not one that you'd encourage um, anyone to really uh, – like your kid to use. It's not, oh, why not? Know, it's not a swear word. Don't we teach him young. Do that on the Brian and Jen podcast. Here's President Trump uh, yesterday. <laughs> Show up at your trial any day. I'd love any to go. Wouldn't that be great? So Wouldn't that be beautiful? Go? I don't know. I'd sort of love sit right in the front row and stare at their corrupt faces. I'd love to do it. So why not I don't know. Don't don't keep talking because I may you may convince me to do it. I think they might have a problem. I think they might. And by the way, I think I think they've I think they've done a really good job. And I think the other side has so lied. I watched the lies from Adam Schiff. He'll stand, he'll look at a microphone, and he'll talk like he's so aggrieved. These two guys, these are major sleazebags. They're very dishonest people. <laughs> oh, okay. Trump going after Jerry Nadler, the House Judiciary Chairman, the round mound of congressional sound. I said that as the lovable yeah, liberal, of course. of course. I love everybody. And Adam Stiff, who it's is... It's Schiff. I'm sorry. But if the bag fits, they both should wear it. Schiff on the floor of the U.S. Senate says, hey, look, during the House, uh, the Senate, whew, Senate impeachment trial of President Trump, he says, uh, if we can't call witnesses, I think this impeachment trial is not fair. Take, take a listen to. <laughs> Says the guy who did the most corrupt, unfair investigation in House hearings like in our history. But, you know, beside the point. Lead impeachment manager Adam Schiff. I believe the most important decision in this case is the one you will make today. The most important question is the question you must answer today. Will the president and the American people get a fair trial? Will there be a fair trial? I submit that this is an even more important question than how you vote on guilt or innocence because whether we have a fair trial will determine whether you have a basis to render a fair 
and impartial verdict. It is foundational. The structure upon which every other decision you will make must rest. If you only get to see part of the evidence, if you only allow one side or the other a chance to present their full case, your verdict will be predetermined by the bias in the proceeding. If the defendant is not allowed to introduce evidence of his innocence, it's not a fair trial. So too for the prosecution. If the House cannot call witnesses or introduce documents and evidence, it's not a fair trial. It's not really a trial at all. House Democratic impeachment manager Adam Schiff at the Senate impeachment trial of President Donald Trump. Senate leader Republican Mitch McConnell says, hey, 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 all eyes are on the U.S. Senate. Let's clean it up. Okay, pull it together, buttercup. The House broke with fairness by cutting President Trump's counsel out of their inquiry to an unprecedented degree. Here in the Senate, the president's lawyers will finally receive a level playing field with the House Democrats. Mm, okay. The eyes are on the Senate. Right. The country is watching to see if we can rise to the occasion. Do you think that's going to happen? Uh, no, I. Well, okay. I, think that, I, I mean, you know, I appreciate you're the conservative crusader. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I Thank think you. that the Senate is going to do just fine. I just think this whole effort is uh, such a joke. And you know, we heard from Adam Schiff there, and it seems like he's both of our congressmen. Yeah, well, actually, Jen and I, Brian and Jen, Brian and Jen podcast. We live in the same congressional district well, here in Southern California. We live in a district that he serves. He doesn't live here. He lives in Maryland because he's a. I said we live here, and yeah. he does live here. He has to live please, here. He does not live ah, here. Please, he does not. But the point is this. Maybe. Trump can move here after what he we've gets learned from being a constituent out. of Adam Schiff is a few things. We learn we never see him unless there's a photo opportunity. Right. We have learned that he doesn't do anything to serve his constituency. Instead, he just looks for cameras and tries to go after the president. And we've also learned in fairness, he does find the cameras, So there is some success to be reported. We've also learned that when his lips are moving, he's probably lying. There's a big report out today from Politico that suggests Adam Schiff actually mischaracterized something else. Remember when he started the impeachment? impeachment hearing, he mischaracterized the conversation between President Trump and President Zelensky. Well, in fairness, he did some improv. He did a dramatic... Right, but he didn't label it as improv. That's the problem. Well, did you think he was reading a transcript? Uh, I think a lot of people who were tuning in thought that he was very serious about what went on between Zelensky and Trump. But now it seems that he turned over some documents, a text message from Lev Parnas, who we've been hearing a lot about, who's an indicted uh, friend, I guess, former colleague of Rudy Giuliani. And in this text message that he turned over to the head of the Judiciary Committee, another one of those, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry right. Nadler, he talked about how this text message said, trying to get us Mr. Z. Well, what he didn't tell you is that he attached the redacted text message to this as evidence. When Politico unredacted this... Understand Mr. Z refers to the president of the Ukraine, Zelensky. Well, that's what he was trying to mischaracterize. He was trying to lead people to believe that he was talking about Zelensky. But when Politico got an unredacted version of this text, he was actually talking about a person named Michaela Zilchowski, who is the founder of Burisma Capital, whoa, whoa, not whoa, President whoa, Zelensky. Oh, 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 no. A second. Now. Oh. Mm. Mm. 
get Hunter Biden on that. I mean, that, seriously, no, wouldn't really. you at if, some point? Yeah, if you want to get to the truth of what President Trump did, call Hunter Biden. Well, this is very Trump. much at the at the center of the argument because you have to decide: was President Trump asking for Ukraine's help because he was facing he's going to face Joe Biden in twenty twenty, or if you read the transcript, this is what I glean from it: was he looking back at the at the corruption that was taking over during twenty sixteen? I think it's the latter, rather no, the former, the, rather than the latter. It's the one we know you believe. <laughs> It's choice B. On the Brian and Jen podcast, we thank you for hearing it. Of course, we're covering the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump. The House Judiciary Chairman, one of the Democratic House impeachment managers, Gerald Nadler, uh, said President Trump's counsel has a problem with the truth. I'm struck by what we have heard from the president's counsel so far tonight. They complain about process, but they do not seriously contest any of the allegations against the president. They insist that the president has done nothing wrong, but they refuse to allow the evidence and hear from the witnesses. They will not permit the American people to hear from the witnesses. And they lie and lie and lie and lie. The president sometimes relies on a theory of absolute immunity that says that he can order anybody in the executive branch not to testify to the House or the Senate or to a court. Now, obviously, this is ridiculous. It's been flatly rejected by every, by every federal court to consider the idea. It's embarrassing the president's counsels would talk about this today. That's Congressman Nadler on the floor of the U.S. Senate, the impeachment trial of President Trump. Well, the judge, Chief Justice John Roberts of the U.S. Supreme Court, at that point, he said, you know what? I think some behavior, some words here would be, I don't think this rises to the decorum of the U.S. Senate. Right. Remember where you are, people. This ad- admonition, this admonishment from Chief Justice Roberts. I think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish uh, both the House managers and the President's counsel in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body. One reason it has earned that title is because its members avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. Um, In the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging. And the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that highest standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. That's Chief Justice Roberts uh, uh, sort of scolding both sides at the impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate, impeachment trial to President Trump. Petty fogging, by the way, is bickering or quibbling about petty things. Right. It's not a bad word. Yeah, no. I mean, people do it. I mean, (laughs) You petty fog. You hear the Brian and Jen podcast? <laughs> we petty fog a lot. This one's been petty fogging. Oh, I have not. Since petty fogging was, was brand new. Please. One scandal from the senators to actually bubble to the surface of the media coverage. The senators, the 100 jurors in the impeachment trial of our, our President Trump, were given four rules to govern their own behavior as they sit there. Four rules for the senators. It's not hard to remember four. One, two, three. The first one is that they have to... They have to stand when they vote. They have to call Chief Justice John Roberts, Chief Justice. That's easy. They can't have any distractions on their desk. They can't have laptops or cell phones. They have to have the only court documents in front of them. And then, finally, the tough one. The big one. They can't talk to themselves. They can't talk out loud. They can't talk to their aides. They have to... Zip, zip it. Zip it. 
Really? Yeah. So this is tough because yeah. you know how senators like to pontificate. And uh, in the events uh, earlier in the week, the 13-hour marathon session, we understand it's being reported that they, the senators, some of them, not all, were wearing these Apple watches. Yeah, just to give themselves something to do. That was kind of how they were go- getting around the rules of the Senate. And through this technology on their wrist, they're able to have clandestine communications. Do a little I, texting, a little talking. I think some direct talking, mm-hmm. uh, like a two-way walkie-talkie type thing. I think now I have some sources I can't name, but I do have this tape and uh, consider it for what it is. I believe this Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, after midnight. You got this from an anonymous source? I can't name it. Okay. uh, No leaking. I cannot name my source. (laughs) I just can't. So Mitch McConnell, he wants to be called Midnight Mitch, which is odd. But after midnight, he wants that. And I guess he wanted to reach out to Lindsey Graham, but you can't talk. Right. But if you put the watch to your, I mean, I guess you might be able to whisper. So just take a listen. And folks, as always on the Brian and Jen podcast. You will decide. Midnight Mitch, Midnight Mitch McConnell to Lindsey Graham. Lindsey, did you hear Midnight Mitch? Over. Yes, I hear you. The world hears you. And the people who knock these. Lindsey, please. You'll always be a senator. And a mediocre one at that. Uh, Look at this, Nadler. I can't tell if he's walking or rolling. No doubt, no doubt. As a matter of fact, I heard from Doug Collins that a few moments ago he ordered uh, some takeout. Now, I, I was told we could just have milk and water. <coughs> well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring the wrath of the U.S. Congress down on him if I see any uh, pasta primavera or anything in here. <coughs> I have to say, Mitch, this is hell. Oh, I really do feel like Nancy Pelosi turned it all into holy hell. <coughs> okay, uh, calm down, Mary. I'll be back with you in a moment. Calm down, Mary. <laughs> calm These down. These guys are brutal. Calm down, Mary. Oh. I I did not expect that. I had. I don't think uh, that's okay. That's okay. Well, not okay. I don't right? think that's a nice thing to. I I I. I, uh, mm, I uh, mm. I have no comment. <laughs> okay, uh, this is going to go on, I think, maybe 10 days total. That's what they say. Oh, I nailed it. I, that's what, Well, that's what Mitch McConnell would like it to be. We'll see if it goes any longer than All that. All right, and we'll be monitoring his uh, clandestine communications with other Republicans. Yeah, we want to make sure everybody's following the rules. And, of course, uh, quite seriously, following the rules and following the 24 hours for impeachment, the 24 hours against impeachment, and all that follows. Still another vote to come about witnesses. Thanks for staying up to speed on the impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate of President Donald John Trump, the 45th president of the United States of America and the richest guy to ever do this job and really just the greatest guy you could ever have. I think one of the best guys who's ever done the job. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. I love that you said that. Really, I, I like it very, very much. All that sound right, Mr. President? Correct. Okay. Thanks for joining us. It's the Brian and Jen Podcast. It's my